Before we begin the show today, I just want to make a quick note. We are almost out of spots for my college campus tour with Young America's Foundation for the spring. So if you are a college student or if you're the parent of a college student or the grandparent of a college student or you know a conservative college student anywhere on campuses all across the country who wants to invite me to speak on campus, please do so right now. Send your application at yaf.org slash Liz. That's yaf.org slash Liz. I would love to come to your college campus. We have been having a great time. We just got back from the University of Kentucky a week ago. I'm gonna head up to Wisconsin Lutheran here in you know just a week or two. And it's really great to connect with conservatives and liberals on campus. So yaf.org slash Liz. Get your applications for the spring semester in now before the spots have already filled up, yaf.org slash Liz. So kind of a funny story. I was in Florida this weekend, and actually I had mentioned I was doing a live on Locals, on the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. I was doing a live on Friday, and I mentioned to the Locals VIPs I was talking to that my husband and I were heading down to Florida for the weekend to escape the frigid temperatures and the snow, but also for business reasons. And after that live, a couple of you on Locals had asked, oh, where are you going in Florida? And I had said, we're going to Sarasota. And a very enterprising sleuth on local said, oh, I bet you're going to Sarasota to meet with the Rumble team because the Rumble HQ is in Sarasota and I bet you're going to meet with a locals team. And I hadn't mentioned anything about that on the on the locals, but that was in fact correct. That's what I went down for. I went down to meet with the great, the brilliant folks at Rumble and locals who are doing an absolutely fabulous job. I don't need to tell you this. You guys know you're on, you're on locals, you're on Rumble. But part of the funny story is you all have, of course, heard that Rumble offered Joe Rogan $100 million to leave Spotify and bring all of his content, including the episodes that Spotify had canceled as part of his original contract, in addition to the episodes that, what is it, additional 71 episodes that Joe Rogan claims, or at least Spotify claims that Joe Rogan decided of his own volition to remove just this past week uh, videos, many of them which contain quotes from Rogan that contain the N-word when he was quoting somebody else who said the N-word. So Rumble offered, offered Joe Rogan $100 million essentially to match his Spotify contract to come over to Rumble. And I was having dinner with Chris Pavlovsky, who's the CEO of Rumbles, of Rumble, and Asav, who is the CEO of Locals, and Dave Rubin, the founder of Locals. The four of us were having dinner on Saturday night. And it was at this dinner that this idea was birthed, that this idea was hatched, because as industry folk do, we were sitting there and we were talking about the latest industry news, what's bigger in the industry right now than the cancellation of Joe Rogan, which we are painfully watching happen before our eyes. And so we're discussing, you know, what exactly what the strategy of the radical left is when they go to cancel somebody and how you fight back against that. And of course, the, the, these folks are actually putting their money where their mouths are. They are building what's called the parallel economy. That's what Rumble is doing. Rumble is not cancelable because they have their own server farms. Locals makes sure, Locals is for the creator, meaning the creator has entire ownership over their content. The, the platform is a platform, I as the creator and the publisher on Locals. So these folks are doing exactly, they're doing it exactly right. Dave Rubin, of course, founded Locals because he was on Patreon, which was a similar type of platform to, or is a similar type platform to Locals, but they were starting to engage in cancel culture. They were starting to engage in censorship. And so he knew that he had to build something himself so we're sitting there talking about how does Joe Rogan solve this problem? How do we as a country solve this problem? And, you know, it's fascinating and thrilling and humbling to watch creative genius in action. And so to see this idea be born of a need, and isn't that the best type of entrepreneurship, the best type of invention is identifying a need 
and then being able to produce something that addresses that need. And that's what that's what these guys did. They they birthed this idea to um, save Joe Rogan from himself and save Joe Rogan from Spotify and save Joe Rogan from cancel culture and make it mutually beneficial to everyone, which is not a, not as easy of a task or an easy of a, as easy of a solution as you would think. So as I said, truly an honor to be to be able to witness this. And what a fun, what a fun group of you. And by the way, there was a lot of there were a lot of questions, or there's been some skepticism from news outlets who have reported on this about whether this offer is in fact a legitimate offer. And I will just tell you, as I said, I was there. It is a legitimate offer. It is a very, very real offer, and one which Joe Rogan obviously, obviously should accept for a myriad of reasons. And that is what we're going to talk about tonight. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. So last week I read a Twitter thread from the vice president of Substack talking about Alex Berenson and other, well, I, I would call them COVID skeptics. And I don't mean COVID skeptics as if as in they don't believe that COVID is a virus. Of course they do. But they are skeptics about the governmental and even the, the, well, again, this isn't the right word, but the scientific aspect of COVID, meaning the weaponization of science at the hands of these public health officials and big pharma. So basically they're talking about Alex Berenson. And a lot of leftists were going after Alex Berenson and how much money he's making on Substack, which you you and I can look at and say, well, Obviously, he is filling a need. People are hungry for reality. That's why people are signing up for his subscription-based newsletter because he's been canceled by big tech. But leftists were going after Substack for not censoring, quote unquote, dangerous misinformation. Dangerous misinformation. And the vice president of Substack issued a tweet thread that said, listen, you don't have to agree with what Alex Berenson says. She said, I, I read stuff on on Substack all the time and I don't agree with it, but that's what we're about. We are about free speech. We are about discussion. We are about debate. And she actually said it's worse for bad ideas to be relegated to the dark corners of the internet. Instead, if you have a free speech-based platform, then those those dark ideas, if they are dark ideas, or bad ideas can be debated. Sunlight's the best disinfectant. Now, of course, you know my opinion on Alex Berenson. and I think he is generally correct on all things COVID, science, public health, everything that he's reported in the last year and a half, in, like I said, in general, not 100%, he's been very, very accurate about, and he's been a very, very good predictor about what the next thing that's going to happen. But the point of this is Substack has done this very well, saying we don't care what our what our creators say. We are a platform. We are not a publisher. And that that's what Rumble is about as well. They're They're dedicated to a free and open internet, which is so refreshing because it is at this point uncommon to have in your mission statement that you are dedicated to other people being allowed to say what they want to say and giving them the tools to be able to say that which is why of course Joe Rogan should should accept this offer it's the obvious it's the obvious choice for Joe Rogan because what's happening to him right now and I'm I want to dissect exactly how the left goes about canceling someone, whether it's someone as big as President Trump, or in this case, someone as big as Joe Rogan. And I want to talk about exactly what steps they take, because when we understand what steps are taken by the left to cancel someone, to sully their reputation, to ruin them, and then to silence them, we can recognize those steps as they're happening and stop stop the progression of it before someone is, is canceled. So first we have to understand what exactly Joe Rogan is against. Is he going to continue to face this cancellation or is it going to blow over as the news cycle uh, gets weary of it? We're going to talk about that in a second, but first I want to talk about home title lock. Did you know that somebody can steal your house without you knowing until it's basically too late? 
It's called home title theft. This is how it works. The deed to your home is the only document that proves that you own your home. Now, the reason this crime is new is because all deeds to homes are now online. They used to be just down at the clerk's office. So a scammer can steal your deed just by finding it online, forging your signature, and refiling as the new owner of your home. Scary, right? Then he'll take out loans using your home's equity and leave you in debt, and you won't even know until collection notices show up on bank loans that you never took out. The FBI calls home title fraud one of the fastest growing crimes, which is why you also need HomeTitleLock.com. They are America's leader in home title protection. Home Title Lock monitors the deed of your home and notifies you if anybody tries to access your deed. Homeowner's insurance doesn't cover home title theft, neither do common identity theft programs. HomeTitleLock.com is your peace of mind that the deed to your home is protected. So visit HomeTitleLock.com slash Liz and use promo code Liz for your 60-day money-back guarantee. That's HomeTitleLock.com slash Liz and use promo code Liz. HomeTitleLock.com slash Liz. You can protect against this crime before it happens. So is this going to blow over this Joe Rogan cancellation in a couple days? I mean, our news cycles usually last 24 hours. I generally tell people who face a pylon on social media, just hold on, just take a deep breath, wait a couple of hours, at most a day, at most, most two days, and this will blow over because the attention span of our mainstream media is about this big, it's about this long. However, that is not what's going to happen with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is facing an incredible adversary here because Joe Rogan has threatened, has threatened the radical left at large. And that even, when I say the radical left at large, it, that's much too vague. So what Joe Rogan is up against right now is not just the Biden administration via Jen Psaki at the press secretary, in the press briefing room. No, Joe Rogan is up against Biden 2024 because Biden 2024, this, this goal of the radical left to maintain power of the White House has been built on COVID policies. It's been built on the idea that COVID is such a terrible virus that threatens all people, no matter your demographic, no matter your age, no matter your weight, no matter your pre-existing condition, that we must socially isolate, we must not allow people in big groups, and if we can't allow people in big groups, we can't allow voters to vote regularly, so we must. This justifies, according to the left, according to Biden 2024, this justifies universal mail-in ballots, the de degradation, degrading signature verifications on absentee ballots. This, this justifies all of these terrible voting laws and rules and provisions that the left ushered in for 2020. They want to keep doing this. They want this to be the law of the land. Biden 2024 is counting on these voting provisions um, to be able to win the White House again, or at least the Democrats to win the White House again. And so they need COVID at least through 2022. They need COVID for as long as possible because once they've gotten these voting provisions into law, into rules, um, once these provisions are active in states across the country, then in spring 2023, summer 2023, then Joe Biden is gonna come out and he is going to save the world from COVID. All of a sudden, your child is going to be able to go to school without a mask. All of a sudden, you know, you won't need a vaccine. You won't need passports. All of a sudden, people aren't going to be at risk. All of a sudden, everyone's going to be protected. They're going to have tests and masks and whatever else they want from the government free of charge. But of course, nobody's going to need that because Biden is going to declare, well, the reality that you should go about your normal life and everything's great. And so we're going to have this, this groundswell, or Biden, so Biden thinks, of support for him in our country because he's going to be the one that solved the dark winter that he predicted this past year. So Biden 2024 needs COVID. And what is a threat to COVID? The COVID agenda is what I'm saying. What is a threat to the COVID agenda? Well, 
Joe Rogan was a, is a huge threat to the COVID agenda because not only did he say, I took ivermectin and it worked. He's like, I did early treatment and it worked. So why are you guys, why is the public health establishment ignoring these repurposed drugs? That was the first thing that he said. That was strike number one. Strike number two was Dr. Peter McCullough, of course, the most published physician in his entire field, in the history of his field. He's a cardiologist. And then Dr. Robert Malone, one of the inventors of the mRNA vaccine technology. He owns nine patents on the mRNA technology. When these two doctors went on Joe Rogan's show, those episodes went viral because people in this country know, you and I know that we've been defrauded by the federal government and the public health establishment. So Biden 2024 and their need for COVID in order to maintain control in the White House needs the information that Joe Rogan was exposing the reality that Joe Rogan was talking about, the questions Joe Rogan was asking, they need that silenced. They, they need people not to hear that. And so they are very much, very much committed to silencing Joe Rogan. And that might sound like an insurmountable hurdle in and of itself, but that's only one thing. So then we have Dr. Fauci and his 50-year grip on the scientific community. And what I mean by that is Fauci essentially is the gatekeeper through which most medical scientific research is happening because he holds the purse. He holds the money bags here. And Fauci gets to dictate whose research labs are funded, who gets certain grants, who is actually employable in the medical science research field. This, of course, ties in to Big Pharma, which we'll get to in a second. But Fauci, as head of the NIAID at NIH, has an incredible billion dollar budget that he is that he is in charge of. And so nobody in the medical or scientific field, even if they have questions, even if they think what Fauci's doing is shady, nobody really has the guts to question him, or very few people have the guts to push back because they know it'll be career suicide. Fauci's the one who controls whether, like I said, whether their labs are subsidized and funded, whether their research is accepted, whether they have money to do what they want to do, whether they're able to get published in medical journals in this country and all, the, all around the world. A, a black X on your resume from Dr. Fauci is the end of your medical scientific career. So Fauci also doesn't want people like Joe Rogan and Dr. McCullough and Dr. Robert Malone. And like I said, Joe Rogan speaking about ivermectin and early treatment. He doesn't want his medical scientific cartel to be exposed for what it is. And so Joe Rogan is up against Biden 2024, and he's up against Fauci's 50-year financial grip on the medical scientific community here. In addition, of course, to NIAID's billion-dollar enterprise, I will call it, their collusion with Big Pharma. Now, the, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, which is what Fauci is in charge of, they're supposed to be a research entity that researches, well, allergies and autoimmune diseases, this epidemic that's hit our country. But instead, what they've done is they've created this partnership with Big Pharma, where Fauci just funds researchers to, or funds research for drugs. And then he, when they, when they make a discovery, the NIH owns part of the patent for this, owns part of the licensing, and they license it out to big pharma, and so they all make money. So instead of looking at the underlying causes of these diseases to try to find cures, they are, they are creating, in, within the pharmaceutical industry, they're creating just new drugs, new drugs all the time to sell, the, to sell to the American people at big pharma's profit and at the profit of the NIH and Fauci. And so we have, we have this collusion between big pharma and big government, and Fauci is right at the intersection of this. Again, he's the controller. He's the gatekeeper. And when we're talking about big pharma, we have to understand big pharma has had a lot of innovations that have been life-saving. People rely on big pharma. Big pharma has 
a lot of power over the American people because the American people believe they need big pharma. And in many ways, I suppose they do. But when you're up against, this is what Joe Rogan is up against, Biden 2024, Fauci and his money at NIH and big pharma. And who else is big pharma tied into? Who else is heavily financially and ideologically invested in COVID-19? Well, Bill Gates is. Bill Gates is heavily invested in vaccine technology, COVID vaccine technology. He has been an advisor and friend of Dr. Fauci for years. This isn't just reserved to the United States. Now, Fauci's hold might be here in the United States. Bill Gates's, Bill Gates's agenda for this spans all around the world. And again, Joe Rogan is threatening that. Joe Rogan is threatening this multi-billion dollar enterprise now, an additional enterprise, aside from Fauci and the NIAID and the NIH and Big Pharma. Now we have Bill Gates in here as well that Rogan is threatening by having these doctors on, by talking about early treatments. And this is, you can see the burden that must be on Joe Rogan's shoulder. You can see the kind of pressure they might be facing. And that's not even all. We also have the Chinese communists, the Chinese communists that intentionally or unintentionally released COVID-19 into the world. They lied about it. They manipulated this virus. Yes, I know Dr. Fauci was part of this through EcoHealth Alliance, actually funded the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the gain-of-function research. That, that's the, that's the, other, the other part of it, right? That's why, there's, that's why the, all of these interests are intertwined against Joe Rogan, because the Chinese communists also have a narrative that they want to be the prevailing narrative in the world about COVID-19, and Joe Rogan is threatening that. Then, of course, we have big tech. Now, what is big tech? What is their role here? Big tech lives right now to serve the interests of everyone that I just named. The Chinese communists, Fauci, big government, big pharma. This is what, this is what big tech does. They are ideologically aligned with the interests that I just mentioned. And so big tech lives to serve as a censorship role um, to each and every of these interests. We even had emails, of course, as you remember, between Fauci and Mark Zuckerberg talking about how to censor information about COVID-19 that Fauci did not want on Facebook. Okay, so then we have the Chinese communists and big tech and Hollywood stooges are always happy to play the role of being on the side of radical leftists. And then, of course, we have the mainstream media and this can be cable news. This can be the New York Times. This can be, you know, any of, any of these corporate these leftist corporate media outlets who are here to defend everything that I just named. They will sell their soul, in fact, to defend everything that I just named. And remember, many cable news outlets aren't willing to push back on big pharma. They aren't willing to push back on Bill Gates because he's intertwined with big pharma. And a lot of their advertising money comes from big pharma. So we have all of this. All of this is what Joe Rogan is facing. This is not just a mob that got frothing, that frothed around the mouth because of a video that went viral about Joe Rogan on Twitter. That's what the left would like you to believe. They'd like you to believe that this is a grassroots, a populist backlash against Joe Rogan and that the people have spoken. The people don't want Joe Rogan. But that's not true. Joe Rogan faces an incredible amount of pressure from an incredibly powerful cohort of interests in this country and around the world. And of course, then we have Democrats in elected office who essentially will profit off of everything that I just named. They profit off of the mainstream media being their pocket. They profit off of Hollywood stooges advertising their ideology. They profit off of big tech censorship and the Chinese communists. I certainly don't need to tell you that the left profits off of them. Big Pharma and Fauci. And so in a sense, 
it's easy to sit here. It's easy for me to sit here and say, oh, Joe Rogan did it wrong. Come on, Joe, don't bend a knee to the rage mob. Never apologize. And I do actually think that that's good advice. I gave him that advice last week and I stand by it. But it's a lot easier to say when you're not up against this coalition of interests all around the world. Again, this is actually why it's such a baller move, excuse my French, by Rumble to offer Joe Rogan $100 million to bring all of his content uncensored over to this platform to be uncancelable. This is a baller move, and it's actually the obvious move for Joe Rogan, not just from my perspective as a conservative. I know Joe Rogan's not a conservative. I never, I never expected him to be the savior on COVID or any other issue. He is a leftist. He, his favorite president was Barack Obama. He was a Bernie bro. He's, a, he's very leftist, and that's fine. He's allowed to be. Oftentimes, he's talking about fighting and drugs anyway. He's not even you know, oftentimes talking about politics. This has been a recent thing. But again, it actually doesn't matter what his what his ideological viewpoints are because this is the obvious move for him. Because now, if he stays at Spotify, and this is just entertaining the premise that Spotify will actually allow him to stay. We don't know yet. The CEO of Spotify said in a letter that they're not going to get rid of Joe Rogan. I My comment on that is I'll believe that when I see it. I will believe that when I see it. I personally think that Spotify will find a way to sever ties with Joe Rogan. I think it might be a matter of when they will do this. Maybe they will wait until the initial media firestorm has died down. They're not going to be able to escape it being a huge story. But I personally don't believe the CEO of Spotify. I thought that his letter, I read his letter and what was reported on his letter, and I thought it was very weak. He essentially... He essentially, well, what's funny is he literally signed Joe Rogan for $100 million and then a year and a half later is telling his employees that he understands that Joe Rogan is a bad person. I don't buy that. I don't buy the fact that you would spend that amount of money on one person, an exclusive licensing deal with one person if you thought they were a truly evil person. So what's happening here is the CEO of Spotify is slowly crumbling, slowly caving to the rage mob. So as I said, even if Spotify allows Joe Rogan to stay, even if they ask him to stay. I don't think Joe Rogan should because you and I, the next time we hear Joe Rogan interview someone, the next time he's sitting there behind the mic talking or asking questions, we are now going to view him the way that we view any other mainstream media pundit, any other person on, on television who has a corporate interest behind them. We are going to wonder if he's being honest, if he's acting with integrity, what his motivations are, and that was one of the things about Joe Rogan that was appealing to everybody in this country. One of the appealing things was that he wasn't particularly ideological, that he didn't have anybody that he was answering to, that he was just his authentic self. He was just asking questions of people that he found interesting, that he was just curious, intellectually curious. And that's gone. That'll be gone. He, he's risked his integrity. And I want to talk more about integrity in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about my Patriot supply. Friends, one of the biggest problems all Americans will face in 2022 is runaway food prices. Sky-high inflation is hitting everyone hard already. Imagine how much worse it's going to get. But I have a solution that you are going to love. Get yourself some long-term storage emergency food from my Patriot supply, America's largest emergency food provider. Hands down, this is the most affordable way to buy emergency food. And this food is delicious. My husband and I keep a store of backup food in our basement. True preppers over here. Get the four-week emergency food kit, which provides breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. Right now, 
you can save $50 on each four-week kit that you order if you go to preparewithliz.com. You must use my URL for this deal, preparewithliz.com. Pick up one kit for each person in your family, and you can laugh at the sky-high food prices at the grocery store, but don't wait. Go to preparewithliz.com right now. That's preparewithliz.com. You don't want to be caught unawares. You don't want to pay an astronomical amount for food. Go to preparewithliz.com and you can be prepared just like my family is. Okay, so Joe Rogan's integrity is actually at risk here. Now, there are some people who will say Joe Rogan's integrity was already questionable, not based on what he said, but based on the fact that when he signed that deal with Spotify, he agreed as, as the terms of that deal, he agreed that some of his episodes, dozens of his episodes would not be transferred over to Spotify, that Spotify would censor those episodes. So there are those that question Joe Rogan's integrity to begin with, and maybe there's something to that, maybe there's not. Certainly, Joe Rogan has agreed to more censorship this week. He's agreed to censor over 70 additional episodes based on the fact that he said the N-word in these episodes. Now, there's a compilation that went around viral, I'm sure you saw it, of Joe Rogan saying the N-word, but the context was missing from this video. The context was Joe Rogan was quoting other people who said the N-word, and he, he made a mistake, not by saying the word. I don't really care if he says the word. That's, that's his choice. He made the mistake of apologizing, of acting like he used it as a, as a racial slur when he was quoting other people. Now, again, you can question the judgment uh, or the wisdom of saying this word at all, even when you're quoting other people, but it's certainly not a cancelable offense. And you are a ridiculous, absurd person if you suggest that this is a cancelable off offense. So Joe Rogan can save his own integrity by moving to Rumble, because if he moved to Rumble, the next time he was behind a microphone, we would know that we were getting the truth and the reality, and there wasn't any corporate interest or international interest or any of the interests, any of the interests that I listed before, none of these interests would be in Joe Rogan's ears and thus coming out of his mouth. We would know that it was in integrity. It was also, by the way, kill cancel culture just in one fell swoop. Joe Rogan could actually kill cancel culture if he did this because his audience would follow him wherever he goes. That's one of the advantages of being the biggest, most successful podcaster basically in the history of the world. And that's what would happen if he moved to Rumble. So it would be a win-win-win. We would be able to trust what he was saying. He would maintain his integrity and his show because Spotify is going to censor him and probably going to cancel him. Um, we just don't know exactly when or exactly to what extent the censorship will happen. And his audience will, will follow him. And by doing so, he will kill cancel culture or at least give it a near fatal blow for the rest of the country as well. So this is an obvious move by, by Joe Rogan. He certainly should do this. The other part that's interesting, and I, I, I said this at the beginning of the show that I wanted to unpack exactly how the radical left wages these attacks, these cancel culture attacks. And this is basically a textbook attack against Joe Rogan. That's why I hope he has somebody in his ear, a friend or a a person in the industry who he's close to, who, who he trusts, who can actually tell him, listen, what's happening to you is textbook. You don't have to feel the emotion from what's happening. You don't have to feel fearful. You don't have to feel the adrenaline because what's happening is actually just a prescribed tactic. So what the radical left does is first they try to stifle just your speech by saying that you are dangerous. Now, obviously, in Joe Rogan's case, they're saying that he was the purveyor of dangerous misinformation as it related to COVID. But this is actually the part of the tactic. It's a fill-in-the-blank part of the tactic, depending on what issue we're talking about. So if it's about guns, they say, you know, you're, you're dangerous because you can incite violence. If you are talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, they say you're dangerous because you're actually putting Black people at risk by denying that Black people are at risk from police police violence, essentially, whatever, fill in the blank. 
fill in the blank. They say that you are the purveyor of dangerous information. You are saying dangerous things, that you are a dangerous person. And they try to use that to tamp down any backlash from the general public when, when they violate your free speech or when they just cancel you. Because who wants to defend somebody that's dangerous, right? That's just human nature. So that's step one. And that's what they did with COVID. Now, this didn't, this didn't work all the way with COVID. So they went to step two. What is step two? Well, step two is you are a racist. Well, that's what's happening right now. Joe Rogan, that video that we just mentioned, they're saying Joe Rogan is a racist. We have leftists. I think it was Nicole Hannah-Jones who said that Joe Rogan is engaging in active, open racism. Well, no. That's not true. Unless, of course, unless, of course, let's just wait just a second. Unless, of course, you want to talk about Joe Biden, because Joe Biden did the exact same thing as Joe Rogan. Oh, yes, he did. And we have video proof of this. So there's a, an MSNBC columnist named Liz Plank who tweeted, name a job where you could use a racial slur while on the job and face zero consequences from it. And so in response to that, I would say, let's roll this delightful piece of history. Take a look at this that important legislators and legislators in defeating the Nunez plan in the basement said, quote, we already have a mayor and we don't need any more big shots. And the court cited evidence of discriminatory intent on the part of other legislators, including the representative who testified at the court hearing that there were legislators, quote, who don't feel they wanted to have a district that would be able to. Oh, well, let's name a job. Liz Plank, where you can use a racial slur while on the job and face zero consequences from it. How about president of the United States, if you are Joe Biden? How about the U.S. Senate, if you are Joe Biden? Yes, of course, the double standard here is obvious, but it's always fun to point that out. So as I said, unpacking or analyzing, deconstructing the way the left goes about canceling someone. First, they try to brand them as dangerous. Then they try to brand them as racist. But when they brand someone as racist, it's generally not because the person is racist. It is generally just an unfair, disgusting attack. And they've, it, there's usually an example, just like with the Joe Biden video, there's usually an example of the exact same scenario on the other side, meaning when the person is ideologically on the left, where they face no consequences from that. In this case, Joe Biden was elected to the presidency of the United States. So the third stage of this is to accuse the person being canceled of being a sexual predator, of being, you know, just the two most disgusting things in our country, right? Being a racist or being a sexual predator. And that's where we are right now with Joe Rogan. They are accusing him of, there's another video going around Twitter of Joe Rogan laughing at the story of someone else, that someone else is telling a story about essentially being a pig, being a sexual pig um, with women, treating women disrespectfully as objects. And Joe Rogan is laughing about this. And the left is trying to use this to brand him as a sexual predator, as a sexual miscreant, which is ironic because it's the same left, not to wax philosophical here, but it's the same left that told us in the 1960s and 70s during the sexual revolution that there should be no shame that, you know, all of these, this, this hookup culture that we now accept here in the United States, this destructive, disgusting hookup culture that we accept. This is actually begot. This is what the radical left in the 1960s and 70s told us was okay. This is what the left still tells us is empowering to women to engage in this kind of hookup culture. And then when a man takes part in this culture created by the radical left, the radical left tells him that he's a pig and that he should be canceled for it. So as you can see, it's not only circular logic, it is the way the left maintains control and hold over people by first saying, oh, you should do this. In fact, you're not only allowed to do this, you have to do this if you want to experience the fullness of life, if you want to be independent, if you want to be fulfilled. And then when the person does it, they try to hold them liable for it, criminally or culturally.
That's what's happening to Joe Rogan right now. And again, another example, there's also a video going around of the Young Turks, a very leftist. And this is actually a good example because these are Bernie bros. These are like the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. These are people who don't even like Joe Biden. They're so leftist. And there's a video compilation of them saying the N-word as well. And you don't see cancel culture coming after them. When it comes to Spotify, though, Spotify is, I'm sure, because they are radically left, they are either the stooge in this situation, which I imagine that they are. I've listened to the CEO of Spotify. He doesn't strike me as a particularly politically savvy fellow. He certainly seems to be cracking under this pressure. He's worried about being politically incorrect. He's worried about being branded as dangerous, racist, or a sexual predator, probably, because this is what the radical left threatens implicitly. This is why they have examples like Joe Rogan, which they hold up and say, listen, we'll take him down for these reasons. They try to do the exact same thing with Trump. Dangerous because he's because he's Russian collusion, racist because who knows, sexist because of all the women that he's slept with. This is exactly how they tried to take Trump down. So they've established this pattern, which makes people, even if they aren't being canceled right now, fear cancel culture. So the spot, the CEO of Spotify, I imagine, is fearful of this right now. But it's funny because there are other people on Spotify's platform who are actually dangerous, who are actually racist, and who are actual sexual predators. And Spotify doesn't seem to care about that. They're not issuing any apologies for R. Kelly's music. The guy is a convicted pedophile. His music is on Spotify, yet the employees of Spotify who are so triggered by Joe Rogan don't seem to have any problem with R. Kelly, and neither does the CEO of Spotify, neither does the mainstream media, neither does the radical left, neither do any of the headlines or the Twitter mobs or any of these people who find Joe Rogan to be so problematic. So again, you can see... You can see not only the strategy used by the radical left, you can see the lies inherent to it. You can see the inconsistencies. You can see how it is just a weapon. And if you recognize exactly how they do this, because it is an algorithm, it is a textbook strategy that they have laid out, step one, step two, step three, and this is how we, this is how we apply them, then it's just not quite as scary to see it applied to you because if you know what's happening, then you know how to counter it. So I hope somebody is in Joe Rogan's ear right now telling him, listen, this is what's happening. And this is how you can sidestep this. This is how you can avoid it. And this is how actually you can solve much of this for so that it doesn't happen to other people. And as I said, that's what would happen if he went to rumble. He not only would maintain his integrity, he'd maintain his financial deal. He would kill cancel culture all in one fell swoop. So that could not be a bigger win all around. Another note that I saw, this was a tweet that was trending on Twitter. And this might be the most underreported but frightening aspect of the left's cancel culture. It's an individual named Matthew Sheffield. He calls himself a post-conservative, which means I guess he used to be a Republican and now he is not anymore. But he tweeted out a list of guests who have been on Joe Rogan's podcast. And the title of this list is Joe Rogan's right-wing guest bias. This is what he tweets with. He says, quote, Joe Rogan fans often point to his fig leaf endorsement of Bernie Sanders as proof that Rogan is not right-wing, but right-wingers overwhelmingly are his favorites, as you can see from his guest list. Now, there's a couple comments. First of all, maybe right-wingers are just more independent thinkers, and so when Joe Rogan wants to be outside the box and talk to someone who's questioning authority or questioning culture, then you would obviously look to someone right-wing, because left-wingers, for sure, are not intellectually curious or interesting. So that's just, that's the first comment. The second comment is, this list is absurd. This list includes on the right-wing column, leftists, a ton of leftists. It, it actually, the first person on the list, Roseanne Barr, she's not conservative. Roseanne Barr is not conservative. I mean, this stuff is so ridiculous. There were, there were three or four names when I read through this, Tulsi Gabbard, Tulsi Gabbard literally ran for 
president as a Democrat. As a Democrat, she ran for president. James Lindsay, James Lindsay might at this time, and I'm friends with James Lindsay, I like him. But at this time, he might be anti-critical race theory and anti-wokeism, but he's not exactly what I would call a right winger. And there are, there were two more on here, I think, that I saw. I mean, Dave Rubin at the time that he went on there was not conservative. He is now, but he wasn't. Barry Weiss, the Brett Weinstein, are you kidding? These are actual liberals. These are actual liberals on the right side. So this tweet, as I said, first of all, right-wingers are just typically more interesting because they actually have the intellect and the courage to question the hierarchy and question elitists, which makes them better cats. But also this list just sucks. It's not even, it's not even correctly done. There are left-wingers on the right-wing side. And then thirdly, and this is the frightening part, those are just comments on how obviously this individual Matthew Sheffield is not the smartest uh, or not the sharpest tool in the shed. But the third part of this is he's actually suggesting by tweeting this tweet, which went somewhat viral, he's suggesting that Joe Rogan should be held accountable or should be penalized, maybe canceled because of a right-wing bias. So he's suggesting that he unearthed something that, and he's playing detective, he thinks of himself, that he unearthed something that should cause all of us to be like, oh, well, that's a smoking gun. Joe Rogan has a right-wing bias. Well, gosh darn it, we better cancel the guy. This is the most frightening part of cancel culture is they pretend that it's about dangerous misinformation or about racism or about sexism, but it's not, of course. It's not. It's because the left actually wants to cancel people based on the crime of being conservative, even when someone like Joe Rogan obviously isn't conservative. So what Joe Rogan should actually do, besides going to Rumble, which he, that's the other obvious, what Joe Rogan needs to do, we're going to talk about it in just a second, but first I want to talk to you about Soul. Today's episode of The Liz Wheeler Show is brought to you by Soul. Soul is the sustainable orthopedic footwear company that seeks to enhance your mobility and improve your foot health to keep you in the game longer by building shoes from the inside out. Did you know 85% of the population will have one or more foot-related ailments in their life? You're not alone. Plantar fasciitis, I had that. Morton's neuroma shin splints. A lot of these, well, unsexy ailments can be helped with a footbed. But what is a footbed, you might ask? Soul defines their signature footbed as a great place to rest your soul. It's affordable, customizable, and improves people's everyday foot comfort. Millions of customers rave about this product, and two-thirds of Soul customers have two or more pairs of footbeds. Once you know the comfort, pain relief, performance enhancement, and injury prevention benefits of Soul footbeds, you will want them in every shoe you own. Now, Soul has an amazing offer for first-time customers if you use my URL. 50% off if you use yoursoul.com slash Liz, your S-O-L-E.com slash Liz, so you can try Soul for yourself. They're so confident that you will love their products that they guarantee a 90-day money-back guarantee. It's very hard to go wrong here. This offer applies to all items on the Soul store, be it footbeds or footwear, yoursoul.com slash Liz, your S-O-L-E.com slash Liz. So what should Rogan do? In the face of all of this knowledge, what should Rogan do? Well, first of all, he should not apologize. He should, in fact, rescind his apologies. He should say, I'm not sorry for the things that I've said. I'm not sorry for the guests I've had on my show. I'm not sorry for the questions that I've asked. I, I, in fact, he should say, you're welcome for opening people's eyes. You're welcome for questioning the elite, for questioning hierarchy, for questioning authority. He should say, I'm proud to support free speech. I'm proud to engage in what I engage in. I'm proud to be American, where we can say what we will say. And it doesn't matter if you, if, you, if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it, is what you should say. We are in the marketplace of ideas. So he should not apologize. He should double down and stand up for free speech. He should move to Rumble 
And he should expose and defeat cancel culture by showing exactly how the left wages these attacks so that we can see them when they're happening and we can prevent them and other people can prevent them and won't be the victims either. So it's, it's, it's not too difficult. It's not too difficult to solve this problem. I certainly hope that he does. If he doesn't, what's going to happen is the next person is going to be in line after Joe Rogan. There's going to be another, there's going to be another and another and another. And if you want my prediction about who's going to be next, what leftists or it's easy, I guess, to identify conservatives as being on the chopping block, but I think there's a leftist who might be next up, and that is Bill Maher. I think Bill Maher is going to be the victim of cancel culture next, or the target, I should say, of cancel culture. I hope that he wouldn't be the victim, because Bill Maher has not only been questioning the elite on COVID-19, but now he has brought in, essentially, he hasn't said the name, he hasn't said Fauci per se, but this is what he said. He said, the same people who in private care always say, get a second opinion, want to only allow one in the public debate. The medical industrial complex, ooh, Fauci must be shivering. The medical industrial complex has not earned the right to claim monopoly status on information about this virus or medicine in general. Amen. He said, yes, free speech has allowed people to hear misinformation sometimes, and a lot of it was yours. He's talking to the medical industrial complex. So he is accusing the medical industrial complex of being the purveyors of misinformation. And that, my friends, is your little red flag. That, my friends, changes Bill Maher from just an agitator within the Democratic ranks, meaning that he is not towing the line of radical leftist ideology to a threat to people like Fauci and Big Pharma and Bill Gates. So mark my words, Bill Maher will be next on the chopping block. Hopefully he also listens to this show so that he can hear exactly what the textbook analysis, the textbook breakdown of how a cancel culture attack is waged. Because if you see it coming, you can start waging your offense before it hits you. But watch, watch, watch what happens. They will, they will start putting the squeeze on Bill Maher. First, it will be dangerous misinformation. Then it will be he's racist. Then it will be he's sexist. Then it will be how dare anybody platform him and give him a voice for this, he must be canceled. And if you don't agree, they will tell you, then you also are complicit in this dangerous misinformation, racism, and sexism. That, that's why, circling back to the beginning, talking about just rumble, rumble and locals in general, that's why independent creators are what's necessary to fight back against this. They are, in a sense, the only thing that can save us from cancel culture. But of course, independent creators can't do this alone. Independent creators must have the tools to do this because anybody can sit in their house and talk or be a keyboard warrior. But if you really have the tools to connect with an audience, to share your research, to speak reality, to make a living doing what you're doing as an independent creator, then you have to have the tools to do this. And creators obviously have to have the courage to take this leap, but the tools to do this exist. The tools to do this exist thanks to locals, thanks to Dave Rubin, thanks to Rumble, thanks to these folks who are building what's called the parallel economy. And it's a shame, yes, that we have to have a parallel economy because the radical left who owns the infrastructure, the social and cultural infrastructure right now, whether it's big tech from Amazon to Apple to Google to all, all, all of the Silicon Valley infrastructure, the cultural infrastructure, the Hollywood infrastructure, the media infrastructure, both old media and new media, the radical left owns this and they've decided that if you are conservative and you are open about it, if you question the elite and the hierarchy and po politics and science, science being in quotation marks, of course, then you're not allowed to be a participant in any of their infrastructure. And so it's necessitated 
right-wingers. It's necessitated, you don't even have to be right-wing. It's necessitated independent thinkers to say, okay, well, we need to present, we need to offer a parallel economy. And it doesn't just mean doing what Parler did and creating an alternative that still relies on the leftist infrastructure, because that's only ostensibly a competitor, right? It relies a full parallel economy where you are not relying on Amazon Web Services, you are not relying on Google Ads, you are not relying on server farms that could cancel you, you are not relying on Google Play, you are not relying on the App Store coming from Apple, that you are truly providing an alternative that cannot be canceled because from bottom to top, start to finish, you are independent. You are independent. And as I said, that was what was so thrilling about sitting with these great minds, with the CEO of Rumble, the CEO of Locals, and the founder of Locals, Dave Rubin, because they understand this. They understand what it takes to wage this battle for a free and open internet. They understand what it takes to deputize or enable people like me, independent creators, to be able to do this successfully so that I don't have to self-censor. I don't have to fear cancellation. I don't have to change who I am and the mission that I engage in and the fight that I'm fighting in this bigger culture war based on the fact that I'm not allowed to say certain things or phrase facts in certain ways or cite studies that aren't approved by Fauci, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And again, I, I could not be more grateful. We have, in fact, I have a promo code. I, I, always, inv I always extend the invitation, by the way, to join me over on Locals. And th this episode is perhaps a perfect example of why it's, a, a cause really so near and dear to my heart because this isn't just, oh, join my subscription service. This is part of the fight for a free and open internet. This is part of the fight, part of the way that you can help enable that I have the tools to do what I do so that we all together are partners fighting against this coalition of interests that wants to stifle us if we dare to question them. So that's why I always talk about locals. It's not just to it's not just to try to get you to come over there. It's because I need your help. It's because we have to do this together. We are partners. And once you're on Locals, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll see that this is a relationship, that this is an interaction, that this is not one way you watching a cable news show, that this is you and I dialoguing together over on Locals. I have a promo code for you, which is what I meant to tell you at the beginning of, um, of that little rant. The promo code is RUMBLE. The promo code is Rumble. If you use the promo code Rumble, you can get a one month free trial on your annual subscription. LizWheelershow.com slash locals promo code Rumble because who is ready to rumble? I know it's a boomer joke, but I, I cannot resist. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of Photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of Marketing, Emily Washler. Production and Talent Coordinator, Matt Toffler. And Senior Publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.